into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? And welcome to another issue of Imagine If. Now, we are going to be doing a special challenge this week, uh, Chris. We're doing a kind of a TV crossover. I mean, I guess what? is the best way to put it. That might make me lose my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Uh, it was my turn to do a challenge, and I thought that it was interesting to do a, to throw in a little bit of Walking Dead in there. Now. Uh, I would say that I have definitely not read any of the Walking Dead comic books, but uh, I have watched the show, you know, in its entirety so far. And I knew that, you know, there's some characters that are on the show that aren't in the TV, or that are on the show but are not in the comic book, and I, I believe vice versa. So if I knew more about the TV show, let's see what we can... I think there's enough TV shows uh, based on comic books out there that we could kind of do the same so uh i wanted to do the beginning of season seven of the walking dead so ma- basically uh the negan lineup uh, for lack of a better term uh and negan and his two right hand men dwight and simon in for me the cw dc universe and then you the marvel cinematic universe tv style i guess so uh, I know, you know, it's a little bit difficult for me, and I imagine, well, you know, a little bit difficult for you. But, you know, it's it's funny, because looking at this, like, TV, oh, man, like, it's funny, because I should be making way more time to do this, because, I mean, it's like, we're living in the fanboy dream, because we were talking about this, you know, and it's like, what, you got four CWDC TV shows, you've got four Marvel TV shows out there. And it's like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And then Walking Dead and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. And it's it's just crazy because it's like comic books. They're taking over your TV. They've taken over your movie screen. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's beautiful. So it's like, <laughs> oh, man. So it's funny because my predicament is I definitely I've been following The Walking Dead. I've, I've read all the issues. I've, I've watched all the episodes except for last Sunday. Uh, curses, travel time. But the TV is going to be hard for me. And it's sad because it's Marvel TV. So I'm going to be kind of playing these characters like I know them in the comic books, which may not translate all the way to the silver screen. Right. But I think it'll be fun regardless. Yes, yeah, exactly. And you, like, like I said, I, the, way that I ch- the way that I chose my characters from the CWDC universe, uh, they might not seem like the way that they should transfer over uh, right away, but I think I can explain it away uh well enough so we'll be getting to that eventually but first uh we always talk about a little bit of comic book news before we get to our challenge so chris what do you have for us this week all right well, we got a lot coming up i was just thinking though in my head i had a funny little thought with someday when we get like a massive big budget and we can afford sounds or if we go like on television we get gifts i want like a cool spinning globe and like it'll spin and then it'll be like comic book news you know <laughs> <laughs> like let's cut to comic book news right now you know like so we're, we're, someday we're gonna have to have anchor desk. <laughs> um, but anyways, okay. So um, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but so Marvel Comics lately has been just not too exciting. I don't, I, you know, I'm putting my own personal opinion out there, but I, I got I got pumped up because we have Resurrection coming. So this is gonna be part of the fallout between the X Men and the Inhumans. And we finally, you know, we got a crap ton of titles, you know, like, I think this is the most X-Men mutant related books we've ever had in the history of the X-Men coming up here very soon. So two books that definitely, you know, raised an eyebrow, X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. So I'm just like, okay, this is exciting, you know, because Blue and Gold takes me back to the 90s, you know, when Jim Lee and Chris Claremont were writing the X-Men book that was freshly relaunched. And, you know, he just had all the mutants the cool mutants were on these teams and it was just fantastic. It was great times. So they're kind of cashing in on this nostalgia and it's coming back. 
So starting us off with X-Men Gold, we have coming straight out of the the, the uh, DC Arrow show, we have uh, Mark Guggenheim. So he's going to come back to comicer of X-Men Gold. So it's funny because that really excites me, but his picks don't. Ooh. <laughs> um, and he's got artist Adrian Saif. Oh, he's fantastic. He's got some beautiful art. So I'm excited. The creative team is behind that. Just gets me too, too excited. So we've got, it looks like you're cashing in on Kitty Pride as the leader. Um, Old Man Logan, Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. And then if you look carefully, you'll see a character and you recognize her, but we're not too sure. But it is, it's actually Rachel Gray, the daughter, well, one of the timelines, daughters of scott summers and jean gray and she will now have a new name of her own and costume and she'll be known as prestige so i'm actually excited about that because there's a lot of articles out there and guggenheim is saying some great stuff that makes me want to buy the book even though favorite team but i'm very excited about it so i'll definitely be picking up the first story arc um onto the blue side of stuff which has got me over the moon so the initial artwork that shows x-men blue has the all-new time displaced teenage x-men okay so i love that team because i love the classics cyclops iceman angel beast and marvel girl so they will be on their own squad again um and what's going to be interesting is they have magneto magneto will be kind of taking the place of their professor x which is crazy if you think about it because you know comic books have sliding timelines right well, you know, these kids probably maybe, maybe a year ago were just fighting a crazy Magneto who was at like full Hitler mode. And now they're going to follow Magneto as he's a little bit more peaceful. <laughs> so I think that's going to be real interesting to see how that's going to go. Um, we have writer Colin Bunn and artist Jorge Molina. Um, the initial artwork I'm seeing looks beautiful. Colin Bunn, you know, I'm not too familiar with him, but the team will make me buy the book for sure. So I'm kind of mixed. I have a great creative team, but I have a great comic book team, opposite books. So, hey, that's a great way to get, you know, what they're both, they're coming out twice monthly. So that means all month long, I'm going to be living homeless so I can read X-Men Blue and Gold. <laughs> so basically, so, uh, uh, the blue team is the uh, original team. And yeah, and the gold team is the team that was brought in for uh, uh, all new, all exciting, wasn't it? Like the original. It almost is. Yeah, the uh, all new, all are the uh, the all new giant size X Men. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, you're just missing like Sunfire, which he really wasn't there for too long. Banshee, who's dead. Which honestly, now that you mentioned that, I didn't connect that for the gold team, which is kind of cool. So maybe that could be one of those things where it's like, oh hey, you know, here's here's going to be one of the teammates we'll bring back. But definitely X Men Gold team that really does scream of you know x-men right around issues like the 220s and above because that definitely was one of their teams where you had you know kitty pride and rachel summers they were best of friends you know mm. kitty was crushing on colossus wolverine storm nightcrawler and colossus representing that change of the international x-men so yeah that's a good eye i didn't catch that i like that well, I mean, I was just thinking, you know, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Storm, and I knew those three were definitely a part of that giant-sized team, so uh, I, I, I wasn't too sure about when K Kitty came into the team. Yeah, she was she was immediately right after the Dark Phoenix saga. She was the new character that they introduced after they, you know, took Jean down. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, you got that coming up, so that's that to me that's awesome, exciting news. Uh, speaking of Marvel, man, it looks like they've been saving it. So I don't know about you. I'm not much of a gamer, but I'm very excited because Marvel versus Capcom 4. Yeah. Gosh, that's, that's got me excited. Um, I, you know, I remember dropping many a quarter to play that game in the arcade, and I am getting ready to do so again. Wait, no, I mean, I'm going to be dropping a lot of money to buy a game system. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like I'll have to be picking uh, Richard and Jeetzee and Daniel's brains and being like, all right, what do I got to do? Which system do I got to buy? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm very stoked about that because hopefully with a good um, video game coming out, that means we'll be getting maybe some good tie-in comics, which is always a plus. So I'm very hopeful for that. Uh, I noticed front and center, it looks like we've got Dormammu. So he's definitely going to be getting a shot in the arm. And something I did catch, which could be interesting, talking X-Men, We've got a Jean Grey Phoenix on that cover. 
Now, I know she's definitely been in X-Men versus Capcom 3, so it's, you know, she's definitely a returning character, but it'll be interesting to see maybe that means more. Could that possibly, you know, bleed into the comic books? So who knows? Maybe I'm fishing. I'm probably fishing. But <laughs> I'd like I'd like to see something come of it. That'd be very interesting. Um, okay, fans, something you should get because it's free and free is always fun. So DC Comics will be bringing back Direct Currents. Uh, for those of you that remember that, Direct Currents was a free magazine that they did. Um, basically, in its original thing, it was just artwork and news articles that would get you set up for, you know, like, oh, here's this book, here's what's coming out, here's why you should buy it, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Now, the Direct Currents is actually being taken care of by the former Wizard, uh, uh, Wizard the Comics Magazine team. So they're kind of back to work and they're doing their shenanigans and reporting comic book news. But this news will just be all DC Comics. Oh. <laughs> and I really recommend it because they're giving a lot of, not necessarily, I don't want to say spoilers, but a lot of like, hey, here's what's coming down the pipe. So we're going to see you know, some information about Justice League versus Suicide Squad. And what I thought was really cool that I'm excited for now is Maxwell Lord. So okay. that's, yeah, that's massive. So, you know, maybe we'll have a Maxwell Lord, Ted Cord reunion. I don't know. I hope it goes better than last time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have some of that. And then they're just talking about a bunch of stuff, you know, they're saying, well, if you read DC universe, DC universe rebirth, number one, you'll remember there was a big message from Ray Palmer to Ryan Choi. So that's going to be followed up in the atom special book that they're putting out the justice league adam special um they're talking more about okay you know we found this pin the 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 the, the comedian's pin in the bat cave so you know start looking towards these books you know how it ties into wally west and a couple things like that answering some questions about mr oz over in the superman books and then we're getting um an announcement of their new superman crossover it'll be called superman reborn which is interesting because that's usually a marvel word so we're going to get superman reborn so that's going to basically tie in the superman and action books and basically we're going to start seeing okay well we have a superman we have a clark kent they're not one in the same so what's going to start happening um they do put out the words a massive emotional price that must be paid by the story's end so i i've been happy with the book so far dan jurgens and pete tomasi are killing it so it's going to be very exciting to see what those gentlemen patrick gleason and jeff johns what they've sat down and cooked up for superman in the upcoming year so that's going to be awesome sounds great uh and then all kinds of other little highlights. And on a Green Lantern note, I'm excited. We're, we're getting our White Lantern Kyle Rayner back. The Blue Lanterns should be returning along with the Guardians. So they're going to have all kinds of little tidbits about what's coming up. It's going to be, if I remember correctly, it's a monthly book. So the first issue comes out on this Wednesday's edition of comics. So go get yourself one. It's free. And sit back and enjoy. Um, let's see. What else did we have? Oh, something I thought was kind of neat. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one, the, the, the post, the, the picture that uh, Stan, Sebastian Stan put out there, but I guess um, a prop maker, he uh, made a custom Winter Soldier shield and sent it to him. So I thought that was kind of cool. And What does um, that look like? So Stan, what's that? What is a custom Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier? Like, like it puts the, is the star different or something? Well, so what he did was basically he, he took the paint scheme. So it's the classic Captain America shield. You know, you, you can see the, the lines for the, the red, and, red and white stripes around it. And then it'll have the star in the middle. Except this one, we see it's all silver striped all around. And it's got a red star in the middle. Basically mimicking his shoulder, his bionic arm. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, so Stan, you know, Stan tags it with, excuse me, where's the restroom? A big thank out and shout shout out to Casey McBroom at Shield underscore Labs for making this for me. Will come in handy. Dot dot dot. Hashtag Winter Soldier. Hashtag Marvel. Could that mean something? Could it just be something to talk about? I want a shield. So if you're listening, Casey, hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thought that was real cool. I always love. You know, I think it's neat when you make something and, you know, I mean, we all have idols and, and we, we got people that we respect and, you know, our celebrities and stuff like that. And I just think it's neat when when you see them actually appreciate the stuff that fans make for them. I just think that's so cool. So major props to Sebastian for posting that. That's awesome and fun. 
Yes. Um, and now winding it down, going into the final ninth inning stretch here. So what do we got looking in comic books? Well, we're going to start seeing some annuals. So in this Wednesday's pools, you've got a Batman and, well, a Batman annual and then a Superman annual and an Injustice Gods Among Us Year 5 annual. Uh, if you haven't been reading Injustice Gods Among Us year one, two, three, four, or five, you need to go get the trades, go get the hardbacks. It's been an amazing story. Read the digitals, all of it. Just go and treat yourself. So I recommend, you know, give the annual shot. Those have been pretty fun. Um, let's see here. If we're looking, so Marvel Comics, uh, we're getting the new Ghost Rider book to launch. So that's some good synergy between, you know, Ghost Rider, Agents of Sealed. So he's been on TV. So now you'll get him back in your comic books. So if that's a character you've been watching, you want to learn more about him, this is definitely the, the book to start with. Um, we're going to start seeing IVX happen. So we just had Death of X, which leads into IVX, which will lead into res uh, Resurrection. So if you're looking to jump on that, you know, tomorrow's probably the time. But I'll be honest with you, I was kind of let down by Death of X, so I'll probably be skipping. I'm just waiting for, um, whatchamacallit, Resurrection to happen. So, sorry, Marvel, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of news, a lot of stuff. So, I don't know about you, but I'm very, very excited. It's going to be a... It's going to be a fantastic upcoming months in the Marvel and DC universe. Now, I do think it's inter interesting that, you know, Marvel is really playing with this whole um, Inhumans versus X-Men things because, I mean, that's basically what we're seeing and what a lot of people who follow the industry close, uh, you know, wise in, in movies and TV shows. We obviously, uh, Disney owning the Marvel Studios and uh, Fox owning the X-Men storylines and all the mutants. Uh, so they can't, they've really replaced all their mutants in their movies and uh, TV shows with Inhumans. Or, and, and, and even in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, you know, the backlash or uh, xenophobia that you see towards Inhumans is what you used to see for mutants in the, in the Marvel comic books. So... I think for the longest time, a lot of people were speculating that Marvel comic books were trying to push the X-Men and the mutants out, uh, basically, you know, re, uh, re replacing them or uh, putting them in different Avengers teams or, you know, teams so that they weren't just known as X-Men or mutants or stuff like that. And uh, bring in, and then heavily, heavily bringing in storylines for the, for the Inhumans again. And now that we have Inhumans versus X Men or IVX, uh, I don't know if they're you know they're they're playing along with this or they're trying to put a stop to it or what. But I do I do find it interesting interesting the symbiotic relationship that we seem to be, we seem to be having between the comic book world and the televised world. You know, yeah, it's interesting you're bringing that up because it's true. A lot of the fans of the X Men. Um, they've dubbed it the complex with an X at the end of it. And basically it, it hammers all those points you brought up where it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, where, where are our X-Men? Yes. Fox owns them and we get the movie story. That's fine. But what about the comics, the toys and everything else? And it was true. I mean, honestly, until about maybe a month or two ago, you had no sign that the X-Men existed. Um, now it's it's kind of starting to break down the barriers, and a lot of people credit the show Legion. Marvel and Fox had a good time working that program out, so it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, you, you did good by us, so we'll do what we can to do good. Yeah, this uh, Legion, by you, which what the comics have been are not what they used to be. Yeah, this Legion show that's going to be coming up on FX uh, here pretty soon is really perplexing to me like the the character the the actors they've gotten to to play these roles uh just from the trailers alone that they've they've put out is uh uh it's obviously nothing that i've really seen in my x-men comic books i mean i know i don't i haven't read as many x-men comic books as others uh, especially not you uh but they're i don't i don't, I don't know legion's story all that well uh i don't know if this whole staying in an in a, in a asylum was something that uh, was portrayed in the comic books or not, but uh, it's definitely different storyline from what I've seen from X-Men stories. You know, Legion is such a, a tricky character because it's, it's not like he 
he's the son of Professor Xavier, and you know he's he's diagnosed with all these mental disorders, and then he's got these mutant powers, and you know it's it's kind of it's a it's a real he's a wild character, um, and he doesn't really have like I mean honestly he's got like a handful of appearances in the uh, X Men slash Marvel universe. Um, his biggest accomplishment was going back in time to kill Magneto and accidentally killing his dad, which created the Age of Apocalypse. So that's his largest claim to fame. Um, a lot of people were really happy with... Um, they gave him a series when they first did the Marvel Now. Okay. And he had his own book. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, if you want to try to get a sneak peek of what the show could be about, you definitely want to read that book. Um, I don't remember if they called it Legion or not. I think they did just because... You know that obviously being the character's name, that's that's the way to do it. But yeah, David Haller is just, you know, it's it's so funny of all the X Men to get a show. Let's go with Legion. You know, he's really I don't even think he's been on like a roster of X Men. So it's kind of like you know like had they picked Bishop, I could understand that. Maybe even Cable, you know, or something. But it's like really Legion. So yeah, it'll be. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see what they're going to do with that TV show. So uh, with the, I don't know, I, I guess uh, with the name Legion, um, usually in other forms of literature and uh, uh, story, you know, it's usually a group of people that stand as one, and that's why they take the name Legion. Now, I don't know exactly what his, his mutant power is, but does he is he able to take over people's minds or anything like that, I assume? Well, I think I think that the play on it is because if I remember correctly, I think he actually he's diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. Ah, okay. So that's you know that's why he is a legion because he's got quite a few voices in his head, and I don't know if he absorbs the people or if they're just personalities that occur. But basically, due to that factor happening, he like he's got these different people in his mind. And let's say, you know, one dominant personality takes over or something like that. Well, then he'll. So that's kind of his shtick. Okay. Uh, That's, you know, that's that's definitely interesting. There's, uh, I mean, definitely a lot of X-Men story out there that can be told. And this is tangentially one of them. So uh, we'll have to see about that. Obviously, they, I mean, I think. The idea that they don't, they didn't go with cable, which I think would be a great idea to have a cable TV show, but they didn't go with him because <laughs> we got, uh, you know, him going to be introduced in Deadpool and then probably an X Force movie, and then Bishop. I only have to assume that they're saving for the Gambit movie because, really, Gambit. I mean, can you think of a lot of key stories that have to do with Gambit other than the, uh, what was his? They called him the Stranger, right? Or Oh, no, The Witness. The Witness, Witness. I'm sorry. There you go, The Witness. And that involves Bishop, doesn't it? Well, supposedly, yeah, because of the uh, the event that occurred, that one of the X-Men went crazy and betrayed the other X-Men, which led them to their death, which led to, you know, the whole Sentinels taking over and you know, all the nastiness that the bleak futures come from the X-Men. So the only survivor to know what happened was the witness, and that's all anybody ever knew him at. And the way they played it in the comics was Gambit was the witness. So, because when Bishop traveled in time, he kind of had some, you know, some kind of fried wiring because of his time travels. So, he he basically kind of mixed it up, and you know, it came down to was Bishop the wit, or sorry, was Gambit the, the the witness, or was Gambit the betrayer? Right. So it was one of those types of things. So if they, I mean, but yeah, it's definitely something they could use in yeah. the movie for sure. Yeah, if they ever get get off the ground, the the Gambit movie they've been talking about, that I would assume you'd want to throw that in there somewhere. So, uh, Bishop. What movie. they should do is just have Gambit direct the Flash movie and have the Flash direct Gambit. So at least we get something. <laughs> <laughs> that that is interesting. Now that uh, you you brought up the Flash and the Flash movie, we you know we've now had. Uh, you can either say it's four directors or three directors uh, walk off the set because um, was it uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord uh, were the original directors that wrote it and said no they didn't want to direct it. Uh, then you had 
the second director that that walked off, the third director that walked off, and now you, you counted a fourth director that walked off. Who would you like to see? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's three or two, three and two. So not not three and four. But uh, who would you be interested in seeing direct a Flash movie? Wow, that's a that's a tough call because I'm not really good with the movies. You know, this is uh, definitely you know this is your strong suit. But I mean, I guess if I had to, whew, that's tough. Um, honestly, I guess like my first initial gut instinct pick is to think um, Kevin Smith. You know, obviously he's been doing a lot with the TV show. He's a comic book fan. I think he could understand what's going on, but at the same time. It's tough because we're going to get a Barry Allen film that should be a Wally West film. So I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'll go with the initial pick of Kevin Smith. Actually, no, I tell you what, I don't know if he's ever done any directing, but obviously he's got um, some, you know, some skills there. But maybe this Greg Berlanti guy. Uh, I, you know, you know? He's, he is a producer, so I don't know if he's actually done any directing. I assume he probably has, uh, but... Yeah, that that mean what if well what if uh you know what if Jeff John stepped up and did and did the directing? He did study under J- Richard Donner and you know he I would, I would say he definitely knows the character really well. Hey, I would I would take that. I mean, that actually that would get me more excited about it because the main thing is you know the guy has love for the character. Right. And I mean That's that's very important. I mean, obviously, he has no directing experience underneath him, like movie directing directly, uh, but he does watch over basically all the DC universe. So I could, I could assume that if he had good support around him, he could do a great job. Can't be any worse than Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's. I, I would love to see Kevin Smith do it, but he, to his own, you know, uh, detriment, he even says that he can't really do action movies all that well. And, you know, The Flash, even though he knows the character and he's been doing well on the TV show, the action is going to definitely be a big part of this movie. Um, otherwise, I sh- I'm trying to think of what would be something that would be portrayed well. Uh, I know Kevin Smith said that what if Tim Miller went and did it since he's not doing Deadpool 2 now? Uh, I, I guess I can kind of see that, but I think that it would it would be definitely a different Barry than what we've seen either on TV or in the comic books at this point. Um, and I think earlier you said that it's we're going to see a Wally movie that or we're going to see a Barry movie that should be a Wally movie, and I, I I think what you're trying to say is that they're going to end up portraying this Barry as Wally instead of as Barry. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah because I mean like something I was looking at, actually it was funny the other night I was rereading an old comic book story. It was called Dead Man Dead Again. Five or fifth week events that they would do. You know, so whenever a month had five weeks in it, DC Comics would typically do like a big company crossover and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> so this one was starring Dead Man, and basically Dead Man had to help save the souls of killing or of, of of heroes that died in the line of service. The first hero to have died was Barry Allen. The second uh, hero to die was Jason Todd. The third hero to die was uh, Superman. But you know, since Superman returned, they managed to save him. And then the next hero to fall was Parallax. Well, Hal Jordan when he became Parallax, which put a bunch of Green Lantern souls out there. But anyways, when the, when the story ended, it has, you know, Dead Man flying away. And, and, you know, in the background, you see some people smiling because Dead Man saved them. And it's Barry Allen, Jason Todd, uh, Hal Jordan as the Spectre, Kellogg, and Tomar too. Because all those characters are alive. You know, they've been brought back. And, you know, they said, oh, it turns out they weren't really dead or, you know, somehow they came back. But when I look at them, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, you know, even Jason Todd, that's not the Jason Todd that we read. Barry Allen, that's not the Barry Allen that we read. So these resurrected versions, they're totally different. And I've really felt like, you know, we talked about this too, like, especially with the Flash TV show, I really felt like, you know, the, the draw was to be like, okay, let's, let's, let's make Barry the main character because he's got the better origin, but let's use Wally because he's got the better personality. Yeah, you and know. I think that's what we've seen a lot of the times when they, like like you just said, when they portray Barry in the televised. Because even the old 
uh, 90s, and I say old, but I feel bad saying <laughs> it, but the 90s Flash, I mean, that, that's Barry, but it, it's definitely a little bit more Wally, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny, because I remember watching that show, and then I went to the comic books, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy some Flash, because I liked it, you know, I thought it was cool, it, it had the whole, you know, the superhero costumes of that time, you know, the very much Tim Burton, rubbery, you know, beefy superhero characters. And I was like, all right, this is cool. And, you know, I went and picked up the, the Flash book and I was like, wait a second. Why are they calling him Wally? Isn't his name Barry? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it just dawned on me. It's like, wow. And, and that's totally what it was, because Barry, by that point, had been dead a good seven to eight years. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, yeah, you know, makes sense why they use Wally as a lot of inspiration, which is a shame because there's a lot of Wally fans and, you know, it, it would be tough to see your character being portrayed as something else, you know, and that, that like I, I see that every time I look at these movies. I mean, they're called X-Men, but I have yet to see the X- X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's uh Definitely uh, not exactly the, the X Men movies up until now really have not been uh, too good at portraying the X Men. I think uh, maybe they. I mean, they obviously started doing a, a really great job with Wolverine, and we obviously have a really good Deadpool now. But uh, for the most part, all the other X Men are kind of poorly portrayed. Uh, maybe Xavier. Xavier is probably a pretty good portrayal. Yeah, I say he's definitely the one that stands out, and it's a shame because it's not necessarily the actor's fault; it's just the stories. Well, My yeah, God, yeah, you know? <laughs> I think they, I think they're definitely trying to condense a lot of X Men story. I mean, especially with when it comes to the Summers family, which we've talked about many times over in this podcast. But they condense a lot, and then they drop a lot, and then now you're losing the complexities of these characters, and uh, you're not doing them justice, really. But when you have uh, I want to say nine movies dedicated to Wolverine now, then you pretty much uh, <laughs> are able to yeah. to flush him out as much as you can. Yeah, I always laugh because it's, you know, the joke is I always do, you know, Batman and the just like Wolverine and his bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that that just tends to be what, you know, I, I don't know if it's just, if that's just the way that, marvel or fox sees us is as fans is that we all just love wolverine so much that that's the character we want to you know establish but that's definitely what dc does with their animated films with batman it's oh well everybody loves batman so we can just make sure that batman's in it and the the, the animated movie's going to be good now don't get me wrong most of their animated movies i do love so maybe they're on to something but i i could stand to see other heroes get played up in those animated movies since uh you know the the live action movies aren't doing so well yeah exactly that'd be nice (laughs) uh did you have any more news that you wanted to get out off your chest no no i think we we got a lot there you know obviously stay tuned and listen up because there's plenty of stuff to still be announced and coming but no, I got a, got a little bit out there for you guys, so I don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> Definitely. There's a, there's a lot of books for people to go out and check out and uh, uh, d- report back to us see what you thought about it. So, But uh, let's go ahead and get to our challenge this week. We're talking about The Walking Dead, and I'm doing the DC Universe, the DC TV Universe, and you're doing the Marvel TV Universe. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you go first if you want to go ahead and throw out your... Uh, your Marvel characters as uh, the Walking Dead characters. And I will go ahead and read the lineup real quick of who we are replacing. So in the the kill lineup, we have Rick, Carl, Michonne, Daryl, Glenn, Abraham, Eugene, Rosetta, uh, Rosita, sorry, Sasha, Aaron, and Maggie. And then our three bad guys uh, would be Negan himself and the two saviors, like basically his lieutenants, uh, Dwight and Simon. So if you would like to go ahead and give me your Marvel lineup for that. And I believe when we, we set this up, we gave, uh, we gave you the Netflix Marvel and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel. So you would have uh, Luke Cage TV show, Daredevil TV show, Jessica Jones TV show, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Correct? Yes. And I also, you are you okay with me sneaking in? 
just because I can have a cool badass, I, I can sneak in uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> yes, yes. Because we, we definitely know that Iron Fist is on his way, and I have no problem with uh, Iron Fist being in your lineup. All right, awesome. Okay, so I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm shooting from the hip here, okay? So I'm going to see how well my initial gut reactions are. So taking a look, um, looking at the photo, you know, with the, all the Walking Dead characters, Rick's group kneeling before Negan with the, you know, with Lucille nicely prepped up on his shoulder. So here's how I'm looking at it. So I got to start with the big gun. Who's my, you know, the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. And yes, we have the Netflix series. So it comes down to the leadership. So I thought to myself, well, do I go Phil Coulson or do I go Matt Murdock? And it's a tough call, and I think about it, but the reality of it is I'm going to wind up making my Rick be Phil. Um, just because I, I felt Matt has a role, but he's not necessarily – I don't think – like he might wind up being the leader, but I haven't really gotten that team player or that sense of people wanting to follow him. So I'm going to wind up giving that role to Phil Coulson. So that's, that's who my first top pick is going to be in that one. Um, then as I look around, the, the, the major characters to start playing off next would be the deaths. So as I look to Glenn, I think to myself, okay, whose death would definitely have some impact? Who would be, you know, who would hurt who and how would it go? So I kind of thought to myself, I said, well, and I feel bad because I'm a big Daredevil fan, but I thought maybe this is where Matt Murdock goes. So I'm actually going to wind up eliminating my Matt Murdock very early on. Wow. So he takes the Glenn role. Yeah. <laughs> um, because with that happening then that kind of raises things up. So there was a relationship established with Electra. So that makes Electra my Maggie, which I like because Maggie and Electra are both very strong female leaders. So this kind of has a neat play because obviously we can see, you know, Maggie's probably going to be taking over that other town or follow or village, whatever you want to call it. Right. So I think that's kind of neat because in my universe, Electra takes it over and that becomes the foot clan, you know, <laughs> or, sorry, the hand, you know, the hand. So, becomes the hand. <laughs> so I thought that'd be kind of fun. You know, that, that gives a little bit of play and has some comic symmetry. Um, the other major death that happened was, of course, Abraham. So I think to myself, okay, well, how can I look at Abraham, who's a character that I could sacrifice that would be a sad loss or a tough loss? So, gosh, I just noticed I'm really punching the Daredevil fans pretty hard here. <laughs> but I'm actually going to meet my Abraham uh, just because I see a lot of similarities between the two actors you know i, I kind of see them you know they're very jovial boisterous guys you know and granted foggy doesn't get to play the same way abraham does but i could see there still being a sense of defiance from foggy so i definitely see you know that that's somebody that a character like negan would you know definitely want to extinguish a flame like that so now that puts um that puts karen page in the sasha role so I thought that'd be kind of interesting to play that out. Um, then, of course, everybody's favorite badass being um, Daryl. I thought the fun character to be there because we haven't seen him, so we don't know much about him. I'm going to go Iron Fist. You know, it's like, all right, you know, this is a cool dude. Let's see how it plays out, you know. So I definitely want to put him there. Um, let's see. Who do I got left? Okay, my Michonne. Who do I give to my Michonne? Well, again, you got another strong female personality. I think I've got to go Jessica Jones. Ooh. You know, she's just, you know, she's, she's very much that type of, you know, woman, you know, it's, she's got, she's, you know, haunted by her past, but she still forges forward and does what she can. So I like that. I think that's a very strong um, personality to give her. And I, th I definitely like the idea of, you know, uh, the symmetry in her being a loner, like Jessica Jones definitely doesn't want anybody else's help and does and for that matter, doesn't need anybody else's help help. So to bring her in as uh, Michonne that, I mean, Michonne has at this season started to uh, definitely be more a part of the group and, uh, you know, obviously starting up their relationship with, with Rick, but she doesn't need anybody else's help. So she, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, so I kind of, I definitely, I, fen I, I sense that from those two, so I'm going to go around. Um, then that leaves me with Rosita, and I was looking at Rosita, and that's one where I'm definitely, I'm going to go with Sky. I'm going to go ahead and use Quake, to, uh, because again, you know, she's a character who's got potential and growth. 
Um, so I thought, all right, that could be, you know, that could be a good way for her to kind of grow out of that, see where her character goes. Okay. So let's see. Now I, I've got my, my coral. Who's my coral? Now this is going to be tough. Um, you know, kind of looking at stuff. So I think when I come down to my, uh, my coral, I'm probably going to go with. Now, this could be a tough pick, and it's probably a little bit of a stretch. But I think I'm going to go back to some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm going to go with Bobby Morse. Oh. Now, I know the question is, wait, how does that happen? But the way I look at it is, you see, Carl, you know, he started off, you know, he was just there for the ride. You know, and, and he was a kid, and this is the world that he's grown into. It, But he didn't just, you know, like stay in that world. He's actually become, you know, a strong a strong personality in that world. And obviously, you know, he was a risk taker and he's been out there. And, you know, honestly, in the terms of the TV show, Walking Dead, he's about the major character who to get seriously hurt and he's still out there doing it. So that makes me think of Mockingbird, Bobby Morris. Because the same thing. Not of our making, but we're going to do the best we can to change it factor to her um then that leaves me with eugene so i've got myself some eugene so obviously with him being kind of the uh idiot savant type of the group and stuff like that i'm gonna go with simmons um not necessarily she's an idiot savant but she's definitely like one of the more brilliant people in the camp so i want to use her intelligence and and give it to that side of the street okay yeah so now that just leaves me with the bad guys so i'm going to kind of walk backwards here so if I remember correctly, um, we said Dwight, right? He's going to be one of the characters that we'll use? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to work backwards because I want to save my Negan for last and see what you think about it. Um, but so anyways, with my uh, – with my, okay, wait. Wait a second. Okay, it was Dwight. What was the other guy? Simon. Sorry? Simon. Simon. Okay. So for Simon, I'm going to go Wilson Fisk. Ooh. Yeah, I, 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 again, you know, most of the time we're used to Wilson Fisk being the big badass and all that stuff. But I'm going to use him in this regard that he's not necessarily in control, but he's definitely a wild card. Yes, you definitely. Know? So it's like, okay, well, what is this guy? What does this guy mean? So, you know, and it's almost to a point where it's like I would feel safer if I saw Negan as opposed to Simon. You know, so I, I kind of felt that Wilson Fisk gives me that same same feeling and that same idea. OK. And then we've got let's see. Um, so now it comes to Dwight. Now, Dwight's a tough one because, you know, he was there. He was part of the camp and, you know, he tried to escape, you know, to save his fans got to show it and prove it. So I thought to myself, OK, well, who's definitely a damaged individual who's who can fit that bill? Um, I decided to, and this is going to be a little tough, you know, because it's it's a character that's seeking redemption, but I'm going to try throwing it out there. I'm going to give that to the Purple Man. Ooh, okay. You know, uh, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, it's like, because if you think about it, Dwight kind of does play with people's emotions. You know, he was, he was telling Daryl, look, just do it. Just say it. Just go with it. You know? And I kind of, I, I kind of felt that that's the same thing, you know. It's like, well, you know, I, in the comics, and I, I don't mean to spoil anything for anybody, but Dwight turns out to be a decent guy, you know. You definitely were questioning him, and you were looking at him, and he does some dirty business, you know. But in the end, you're kind of like, no, actually, he wasn't, you know. But at the same time, obviously, you know, uh, Dwight has done what he needs to do to survive. You know, uh, obviously joining up with the saviors, staying with the saviors, you know, doing what he could, sacrificing wife, sister, family, face, and all those things to stay alive. You know, and so it's it's kind of he'll he'll do what he needs to do, which very much to me echoed a purple man type of character. Right. And now for the big moments, who's my Negan? All right, you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, here he comes walking up in his blue jeans. With his nice black leather jacket. And he's still got the bandana, but it's not the classic red we're used to. No, it's a, it's a black, and it's decorated with a bunch of skulls on it. We are Castle. No what? more Negan. It's Castle. <laughs> You're putting so the, Punisher, the Punisher. The Punisher yeah, the in Punisher. is Negan. All right. Ultimately, Negan will protect you, but Negan will do it his way. 
And to me, that says nothing but Frank Castle. <laughs> and that's why it turns out Kingpin and Purple Man, they're his bitches. Because he's going to keep them under check. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely like it. It's, it's, it's an intriguing turn. Um, I, I, I can definitely see that you're in the camp of, uh, and Negan's not necessarily the bad guy. He just goes about things a bad way. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I solely disagree with that because, uh, I, I just do, but, uh, I, I like it. I, I definitely, uh, like, uh, like, uh, the twist there. So get me yeah. Well, cause I, I, I thought it was kind of neat because if you think about it, okay. You've got S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Defenders, okay? Because ultimately, I went to my comic book roots. And I'm looking, you know, when I see Rick and his group, those those are the bona fide good guys. And that definitely is S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Defenders. And, you know, Negan, it's tough because it's almost like, you know, there, obviously there were some people that think Negan and the governor, they're good guys. Right. You know, but definitely they're bad guys. And the Punisher has that questionable material to him, too. You know, like you look at the news and, you know, the, the, the police and they're going to be like, no, the Punisher's a bad guy. But if you look at the people in the street, the people in the street are gonna be like, no, the Punisher is what we need. So I like that questionable symmetry. And then obviously the saviors, they're pure evil. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play that. I'm going to make the villains be the saviors, the uh, the shield and the defenders be the Rick's group. And then the questionable guy is Negan. You know, is he good? Is he bad? Do you agree with his methods or not? And that's been a lot of talk of the Punisher. It reminded me of that. So I thought, you know what? That's got to be the guy. Plus, I mean, come on. If somebody's going to kill somebody, they kill him. Yeah, but if somebody's gonna kill somebody dirty, that's definitely Frank Negan. <laughs> that's that's my amalgam. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I like it. So that's uh, yeah, that's uh, I would definitely watch that show. That's 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 gonna be an interesting episode. <laughs> oh, I love it. I got the seal of approval, so I'm happy. I, I dig it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then I guess my uh, CWDC lineup would go like this. Uh, let's go ahead and get Rick out of the way, and I think our best uh, analog for that was, is going to be Green Arrow, all, uh, Oliver Queen. Uh, I mean, nice. he's definitely like done it. some questionable things in his past, but it's always been for the greater good, and he struggles with it all the time. He struggles with the decisions that he's made, so uh, that puts him in that camp. Now, he doesn't have—I mean, he does have a son, but I didn't throw his son into. Uh, the mix for our Carl. Uh, I threw his little sister in. I like that. But I, that would have been funny because for you it would have been Connor. <laughs> That's true. Right, yeah. It would have been, Connor, you know what's the difference here? <laughs> you know, all those jokes would come up. But no, yeah, I threw in, I threw in his little sister Thea, who, uh, you know, eventually became Speedy on the show. Um, and I think that the way that they portray her in the show now with her indecision to be a hero or a vigilante anymore because of what she can do is is the opposite of what carl carl is definitely i'm all about going out there and doing what i can but even though he's at a handicap with his eyesight and and age and experience but they're both they're both definitely um uh worthy of the mantle is what i is how i want to put it Got you. So instead of it being a sheriff's hat, it'll be the the little green hoodie they pass around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> then my Michonne, my my Michonne, I definitely wanted to put in someone that's um, a little that's a little bit on the outside uh, from the rest of the CW universe, and I, I think that would be Supergirl because though her show is part of the CW, wow. yeah, even she's part of the CW. She is in her own universe away from the rest of, of the Flash and Legion, Legends of Tomorrow and uh, uh, Arrow. So, but she's also a force in herself. She's the she is the secret weapon. She's the one that's back there that's ready to, uh, you know, kill whoever it is that they needs to kill. Well, she's not going to kill because she's Supergirl. But you know, what I, you you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, I dig that because, again, that I like how you use that outsider aspect. So I think that's really cool because, again, you know, I mean, all right, if we look at the obvious items on Michonne, you know, she has lost family. 
Right. You know, she was the one who, you know, had had the walkers with her. And I kind of definitely feel there's a strong kinship with Supergirl because she's lost her family. And in this case, she is. She's a stranger in a strange world. You know? So I like that. That's that's cool. I dig that, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my Daryl. <laughs> so, you know, Daryl is definitely Rick's right hand man and the person that Rick can count on, uh, I think, the most of everybody in the group. Uh, is going to be the Flash. So Barry comes in, and you know, as soon as Ollie shouts out an order, that's what Barry takes it and and, and gets it done uh, to the best of his ability. Nice. All right. Uh, It'll be kind of interesting to see either. You know, I picture Daryl with Barry's personality, or picturing <laughs> Barry with Daryl's personality. <laughs> it's hard, but it, it would definitely be for some fun times. Just trying to picture Grant Gustin act you know like daryl you know like hey hey it's like yeah i'm not buying it but it's still be funny to see <laughs> yeah like uh barry or grant gustin goes out and says, oh I, I picked up some squirrels we can definitely eat some of that and <laughs> <laughs> here's the science behind squirrel eating <laughs> and that's a flashback <laughs> <laughs> that's a flashback uh let's uh go down to eugene now eugene for the longest time in the show was supposed was our was our super scientist. He was the one he kept telling Abraham and, uh, and that group that, you know, get me to Washington DC. I can solve all of this and I can fix it. And even after the point where he was exposed for being the, the liar that he was, he still, uh, you know, he still keeps the mantle of the know-it-all because he does. He, he literally, is, he's that guy that, that will interrupt the conversation to be like, actually, what actually is going to be happening here is that. And that's that's uh, Eugene. <laughs> so I put him, I put Professor Stein there. Now, uh, if you nice. know, yeah, exactly. He's the, he's the half of Firestorm that basically uh, knows all the science to what Firestorm should be able to do. So uh, having him be the know-it-all definitely fits. Um, now, the other half of uh the firestorm equ- equation would be Jefferson Jackson and if i'm going to have professor stein in there i'm going to have jefferson jackson in there and he's going to he's going to replace aaron because he was the 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 last to come to the group essentially cause, huh. because they had uh you know they originally had the uh Ronnie Raymond character as uh firestorm with professor stein but they got rid of that character in the CWDC universe. So they went to his best friend, Jefferson Jackson, and they, they made it so that he was also exposed and could team up with professor Stein to become firestorm. So now we, uh, that's who I have him replacing. He replaces Aaron. We have nice. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said nice. I, I like that. Cause and, and plus I'm just, well, I'm just picturing, you know, eventually they bro fist and you either have, uh, you know, uh, a, a Eugene head floating around a uh, um, Aaron with flame hair, or vice versa. <laughs> Actually, I, I think I like the idea of a flaming mullet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about the visual on that. Yes, a flaming mullet would be pretty awesome. So, for those of you listening that can draw, I need a Eugene with a flaming mullet and a floating Aaron head as his advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, then we have uh, Rosita, and for Rosita, you know, she in her own right, when she came in to the show, was able to fight. She was able to, uh, you know, fight right alongside Abraham, and uh, even after the fact that Abraham has left her, you know, she's still, she's still a strong character. It didn't break her. So I put White Canary in there, Sarah Lance. Uh, the, the sister to Black Canary, and I think that all the stuff that she's been through, being in the the boat accident with Ollie, uh, being on the island with Ollie, having to train with the um, League of Shadows, having to uh, watch her girlfriend uh, marry off some to someone else, and then then to also die and come back to life, and now travels through time. She is definitely uh, a powerful woman, so that's where I put her in. Uh, Sasha. Now this is where I kind of changed it up a little bit. Uh, I put Sasha. I replaced Sasha with Wally. Wally West. You know, now that he has his power, oh. now that he has his powers, he is stepping up. He is stepping up his game to be, uh, you know, the hero that he's always wanted to be. And I think 
you know, once... I'm not saying that she was weak when uh, Tyrese was around, but, you know, once Tyrese did die, it it was Tyrese, right? Yeah, yeah. She was the sister to Tyrese. Okay. Once he, he did pass away, she, you know, she became more of the sniper. She became more of the the team uh you know one of the team killers one of the the more productive people of the of the team so after she got through her depression but she uh she did so i i think that's where wally west is headed and i i well you know i i like that because they are the the, the two of them well it seems like well how do you link them together but they all they both are characters of loss and family loss Yes, definitely. You know, because if I remember, Wally, he's supposed to be the brother to Iris, right, on the TV show? Correct. And and so, you know, he, is... he didn't get to be raised by that family. So it's one of those things where it's like he has that loss, right? even though he wasn't there. And if you look at, you know, with Sasha, she has a big loss because she loses, you know, Abraham, uh, Bob, and tyrone you know so she i mean if we think about the show you know yeah you could be like oh you know a couple of them have lost a lot of stuff but we do forget sasha is a very tragic character and each loss is kind of making her stronger for it exactly and i think it's and for most people it it kind of uh you know puts them down or or hampers them where she's definitely pushing forward for you know every loss that she's had so then we go on to uh, Maggie. Now Maggie uh, is going to be Killer Frost, Caitlin Snow, and uh, Ooh. yes, and I, I think in all accounts, I mean, even when she becomes Killer Frost, the you know the evil version of herself, she's still showing she, the leadership qualities that Maggie is now starting to show. She was already you know a big part of Rick's group, but she never really was the leader but uh, i think that you can see the the connection between the two uh and i and i also picked caitlin because my glenn the one who's gonna die is cisco cisco ramon he's uh you know plays uh vibe in the show and uh, i think that very much so he is the heart on flash more often than not at least you know the the comedy heart and uh to see him go in such a tragic way would affect a lot of the group and even even Green Arrow's uh, you know side. So uh, Caitlin Snow not being a love interest to him, but definitely his closest friend uh, would would be heartbreaking. Wow, yeah, that, that is definitely that's some good synergy there. All yeah. right, I dig it. And then, and like my, I said, I like how you brought that the heart aspect to it because that's true. Both those characters, they are they're the fun, lovable guy. You might be knee deep in it, and they'll find a way to crack a smile. Exactly, or get you to crack a smile. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but then my other death would be, you know, with which would be Abraham, uh, would definitely be John Diggle, which is, uh, you know, he's kind of taken on the name of Spartan now, and he's uh, the best friend to Green Arrow. He's he was his former bodyguard. And he would be that that guy who takes that first hit and still is going and just being like, you know, is that all you got? And, you know, it would it would hurt Rick to the core to watch his best friend die like that again. Well, another best friend of his die. Yeah, I like that because you haven't seen much of Diggle, but he definitely has a strong presence. And if what I've seen on Arrow, he definitely you know all he listens all he takes value in him and like you said when that moment comes where diggle gets hit you know it's it's gonna be hard for ollie so wow that's that's good like that it's tough because you, you got two characters that are that are meaningful because of the show not necessarily the comics but because of the show and you know they're they're definitely strong uh players to be removed so wow that's very bold yeah exactly and uh you know, I think that would uh, it, it would put Rick and uh, or my my Rick Green Arrow and my Daryl Flash in that position that um, that uh, Rick was in after you know those two characters died and and it it, it would be pretty stunning. Uh, so now we move on to our bad guys, and I'll start with Simon as well. And uh, what we've seen of Simon now, you know, he's he's almost like to me. He seems almost like a, a mini Negan. Like 
he might not be as bloodthirsty, but he is as charismatic and very much so uh, uh, a talker, and he knows how to get things done, and he knows how to be ruthless when he needs to. So I put Damian Dark in there, the the bad guy from season four of Arrow, and now the current season of Legends of Tomorrow. He's he's in there as uh, as the the smooth talking time. Uh, longevity, life-living bad guy. So I would, I definitely have Damian Dark in there as Simon. My Dwight is where my twist is, because I have put in Captain Cold, Leonard Snart. So, Ooh. so Snart, you know, in the sh- in the show of Flash, definitely started off as as a rogue. He started off as a bad guy. He st- he was stealing. Uh, he was. St- he was robbing banks and he was all about making the plans, the plans to rob the bank to, to the point where no one gets hurt. But, uh, eventually he, he found his cold gun and he's like, well, you know, now I need to take down the flash because the flash is there is always going to take down my, uh, uh, he's always going to, uh, disrupt my plans. Uh, then eventually he becomes on, he goes to legends of legends of tomorrow and he becomes a hero. And, uh, he eventually to the point where he sacrifices himself to save the rest of the team and save the, the, the rest of the world, really, if you think about it. So, yeah, the timeline, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he, he's dead. But what is being said in this season of Legends of Tomorrow is that he might come back as a uh, bad guy for the Legion of Doom. And if that is true, we once again will have... Uh, you know, just like Dwight, a character that goes from being good to bad to good to bad, and uh, in uh, as we know in the comic book, Dwight is the is one of the key points in taking down Negan. So uh, I I definitely see Captain Cold with that internal struggle of do I help my new friends? Do I stay on top with the bad guy, or who am I looking out for in this scenario? And that's where I think Dwight is most of the time is who am I? Uh, I'm trying to look out for myself. I like that pick because it, it does, you know, they're both very much rogue gentlemen, you know, and I think it'll be funny because, you know, for a guy called Captain Cold, he's going to have that burn mark on his face. And that's kind of <laughs> cool because, you know, well, in your CW, you know, in, in the walking, in the walking DC, you know, you could turn around and be like, oh, how did he get punished there? Oh, that was, you know, heat wave for his, uh, you know, his, for his, his actions. So I think that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could definitely see that. Uh, and then for my Negan, uh, you know, I think there was only really one choice to throw at, uh, as your Negan in this universe, and this it's Ray Palmer, right? And it would be Ray Palmer, <laughs> the Adam, the Iron Man, Adam. No, I'm just joking. No, it would be uh, Eobard Thawne, Reverse Flash. I think the the idea Ooh. of uh, you know this charismatic, super charismatic bad guy that. He, he knows that he's a bad guy, but he does the things that he wants to do because he knows he can. And he knows – he almost – like, even Negan, like, when you see him in the in the later episodes when, uh, when he's trying to break Daryl, or even in the episode where he kills Abraham and uh, Glenn, he knows the future. He knows what the, these other characters are going to do. He knows how they're going to react. He even says, you're definitely going to cry. But if you you know you you get up and move, we're gonna start all over. And he does. When Daryl gets up and punches him in the face, he starts all over. And that that's where we get a dead Glenn. So he he it's almost like he does know the future. Where Reverse Flash does know the future. <laughs> he he comes back from the the future to terrorize uh, Barry. And I think there's not a better. Uh, analog for Negan than the reverse flash. I mean, so you would have him walking up in his, uh, you know, blue jeans, maybe black blue jeans and, uh, a yellow jacket. (laughs) And he definitely, instead of a bat, he has a scepter with a lightning bolt on the end of it. Oh, that's going to get, that's going to be painful getting hit with that. (laughs) Well, you know what I like though? I I like about your picks right there that I think is pretty cool. That gets played up later on. So if we remember, you know, it's like, okay, you know, um, Negan kills Abraham and then Daryl gets pissed. So that leads to the death of Glenn, which in turn leads to Negan taking, um, taking Daryl with him. So that's kind of cool because in your picks, you know, it's like, okay, Diggle gets killed. 
So Barry's going to do the right thing. He rises up to reverse Flash, gets beat down for that, which leads to the death of Vibe, one of his characters, one of his lieutenants. And then in the end, when Negan rides off with Daryl, you have reverse Flash riding off with Barry. <laughs> so it's like, damn, that's that's really cool. I like that. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I planned it all out exactly that way for this exact com- <laughs> combination of things to happen because, you know, I'm clever that way. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna give you one of my Emmys. I'm gonna share that with you. <laughs> All right, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, there's my uh, walking DC and your walking Marvel. So uh, I, I think that if we were they these characters were thrown into a world where uh, their powers were both sapped away and then their they were there were zombies everywhere around them. This is would be a pretty good show to watch. Oh, yeah, because I, I think that's what's neat about it is it's, you know, granted, you, you have some sci-fi elements, obviously, with The Walking Dead, you know, Arrow, Flash, uh, you know, the Daredevil and, and Luke Cage and all those shows, but it's personality that sells them. You know, it, when it's when a character's done right, that's when you care about them. And that's what's exciting about this stuff is, you know, it doesn't matter what the show's wrapped up in. It's all about character, and that's what these shows do. And, and again, that, that's that's I, I would definitely say it's safe to say why you and I are into comic books because we do we read these epics about these characters and what they go through to the point where we care about them that we follow, and that's what's exciting about. It. That's what makes good entertainment. Um, most definitely, yeah. I mean, the, you, these shows would just be, uh, you know, science or special effects science fiction shows if it weren't for the great characters uh that we want to follow every week um i mean look at the fallen superhero tv shows or comic book tv shows that have tried to pop up in the 90s like uh uh what was generation x i mean go back and rewatch that yeah it was it's just terrible because you don't care about any of those characters so uh you know this is like you said earlier in this podcast this is just a great time for comic book readers to be watching tv and going to movies because we are ruling the airwaves <laughs> we are negan <laughs> <laughs> or we are legion <laughs> well <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey okay uh listeners that's uh our challenge for this week if you agree disagree have your own lineups we'd love to hear them so get in contact with us uh you can find me on twitter at at agent underscore of the underscore bat you can find chris on twitter as Stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. And you can also find Geek Elite Radio on Twitter as at Geek Elite Radio. If you want to go to Facebook and be a part of our conversation or be a part of our community in a whole, you know, that's where we do most of the talking and, and relating to each other. And, you know, great articles to read, you know, pertinent things and uh, a lot of funny pictures and memes. So come join us come uh, like the page definitely share it with your friends definitely come come out and talk to us because that's that's ultimately what this is all about getting fans in touch so we'd love to hear from you and share your ideas see your ideas hear your ideas exactly so uh then go to our website geekleetradio.com check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the geek elite radio network but until next time this has been imagine if on the geek elite radio network saying always remember to Geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs>